This is the Adulting I Hate It Here podcast. Ciao. Adulting is good. I want to go home. I hate it here. I hate it here. I hate it here. I want to go home. I hate it here. I hate it here. I hate it here. Welcome back to the Adulting I Hate It Here podcast. My fellow adultees and adults adjacent. I'm your host. I am Queen T. I am Q-W-E-E-N-T-E-E. I put W because I'm extra. Um, I can be found on the Twitter machine at that same at I am Queen T. Wow. I really need to get myself together. Anyway, it's going to be a very <laughs> exciting show. We have a lot to discuss. I have a special guest today and I'm glad to be able to talk to her. I have Claudia Renee from the Ambition Hour podcast. What's up, Boo? Hey, little mama. I'm so excited to be here with you. <laughs> so we're adulting with you today. <laughs> okay, because listen, nobody know what the hell we're doing at all. None of us. So, um, thanks for stopping by your house video to see me. <laughs> and um, can you tell the people a little bit about your podcast and your platform? Yes. Okay. So my podcast, I've had it already for two years. We're about to shoot our 119th episode. So I'm really excited Ooh. about that. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, and we talk about everything. We talk about one of, one of my favorite things to talk about is hip hop and the hip hop culture and how mm. um like the positive mm. things that happen in it. Because I always feel like the negative is what shines on in the culture. So I feel like it's my duty to bring the positive in it. Um, I also um, talk about like women equality, about human equality. Um, I talk about relationship stuff, the shows that I love, insecure, you know, <laughs> movies. We will get to it. <laughs> yes, I'm excited to talk about that. So yeah, so it's just, you know, like, it's basically like you're hanging out with me, but there's always a purpose. There's always, I'm trying to teach you something, whether it be about personal development. We've talked about love languages, about building your credit, about just different things that I'm going through as well. So, you know, if it I helps love anybody. It. <laughs> It. Where can you be found, though? Oh, um, they can find me on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Um, we're everywhere. We have the visuals and everything. We so that's why I relate to you a lot when you talk about YouTube posts. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> because it. I too have to go through that. <laughs> but yeah, so um, you can find it on WTW um, TV on YouTube and then WTW Radio on those different platforms. Y'all go check mm-hmm. her out. Since we did bring up the YouTube, let me tell y'all something. Look, I love y'all. I do with like all of my ass. But listen, it's a lot to be yeah. a content creator. And especially in this time where it's not easy to find inspiration. If you did listen to last week's episode, Can't Fake the Funk, Sorry. Um, you saw me barefaced, just looking raggedy. And clearly <laughs> that's why you brought it. it. Yeah. I had to make up for it. it clearly. <laughs> um, but I was just expressing and my mom hit me up actually was like, Oh, I see you on your Cause she called my um, podcast, the iPod. Cause she don't know no better. And uh, shout out to mom. But she's like, shout Oh, on your little iPod, you didn't put no makeup on. I said, I sure didn't. I didn't feel like it. And it, it we have those days and we do. I wanted to know, just knowing that you understand this too, you have your platform as well, you have the visuals, you have the audio, you have all these things going on. How are you processing? How are you coping with basically being on house arrest because the government is making us? Um, well, I've done this before because I used to work from home, um, I would say like two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the circumstances were very different because right now it's like we can't go anywhere. So, um, but right now, like in the beginning, like I would feel inspired and then I'm like, I'm going to get everything done. Like I'm going to take my podcast to the next level and I'm going to do this. And then like, I feel like it just goes down sometimes because you're just home and you're just in your thoughts. And, um, something that I've been talking about on the podcast is that right now we're forced to be in the darkness of our own thoughts. And so, yeah, like, so something that we need to learn is to look for the light in that because, you know, what's in the dark comes into light. So um, I feel like that's something that um, has been a really big lesson for me during this whole time. And as a creator, it just shows me like, yes, there's going to be days when, listen, I, I'm wearing a hat. (laughs) 
with no makeup on, okay? Listen, like, the weed that, may come with the hat. You just never know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, we're going to figure something out, but, like, makeup, like, there's days where, like, makeup, like, I don't, there's times where, like, I want to tell my brother, because he's my audiovisual thing. Shout out to my brother, Hav. Um, he, gang, gang. There, yeah, there's times where, like, I want to tell him, like, I don't think we can do today's episode. Like, and there have been times that, like, I feel that way. And then I, that was, I think you tweeted that, that you were going to almost, but then you came up. And I feel like sometimes those episodes are the best. The ones that you don't want to do. And you're like, damn, I should have looked a little more cuter because the visuals. <laughs> I didn't even care. Like, it was just the amount of not give a fuckness was very high. <laughs> because, like, I never do that. Like, and I don't know what that says about me. But for the most part, like, for... You know, I wear makeup often. You see, like, a full beat down. But it's because I enjoy it. And, like, for me, it's very therapeutic. And if I'm in a mood where I don't even want to wear makeup, it's bad. (laughs) Like, it's not great. Because I enjoy it so much. I I pop on a playlist. I get my wine because that's how I'm is. (laughs) And I enjoy myself. Um, So for me to not want to do that. So I I definitely can relate to that. And I'm glad we can kind of openly share that. As women and as it really matters that we're women, though. Yeah, because we go through so many mood changes. Yeah, no, things like, like that. The thing is, is that we don't just go through the mood changes, but we also work three weeks out of the month, like not ourselves, because of before our period, during our period, after our period. Like I'm normal once, <laughs> once just one, one maybe three days. I might be <laughs> the person you know me to be, but any of us. real period is like three weeks and then you have one week to pour it up because you're probably fertile and ovulating that week so you're feeling great only for you to immediately (laughs) crash (laughs) you're mad at the world so I'm glad we can have that commonality and share that out loud because it is a lot um especially right now so last week I was talking about the lack of inspiration that I had so can you agree that you also have like those moments where you're just like, I don't have any inspiration to do the show with the yeah. content or like, have you thrown full blown episodes away? Like I have. Like as far as like that, I don't promote them or. Pretty as- much. Like you've done it, but you're like, I don't, I'm not going to do anything for this. Because <laughs> I, I might, the thing I might get off like a Spotify share. Like I might at least get that, but like maybe a visual won't get out. Um, but yeah, I've definitely done that. It, there's some episodes that I'm just like, you know, you just weren't it, boo. <laughs> but that's the thing, like, um, something about podcasting and that I learned um, from somebody uh, is that you have to remain consistent. For sure. So consistent and be yourself. So with that, like, it's like, okay, so if, if I'm feeling like shit, there's a high chance that I'm going to tell my audience that, listen, today... Y'all, I didn't feel this, 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 and this, and I'm being transparent with you because I don't know what you're going through, right. and maybe what I'm going through can help you. So listen up. <laughs> it definitely does. It definitely does. Um, you know, because some people have reached out to me like I didn't even know that it was like a thing, and I'm like, yes, it's totally a thing to just not be into it. And it's not that you love your craft less and. You know, it's not that intense, but it's just when you feel, especially right now, with everything that's going on, like today, I had to go to Target, and the mask was giving me a certain level of anxiety. I just need open air. So just having to wear the mask, I was, like, so frustrated and, like, snappy in the store, and I wasn't my best self because I was just so annoyed, and I was ready to get the fuck. (laughs) I was ready to get the (laughs) fuck. And um, so all of those things can contribute to you not feeling your best when it's time to be on. Can you speak to that, too? Just the feeling that once you are a content creator, there's this thing that you're always on. Girl, I don't know why people think that. (laughs) um, Okay, so something that I I, I don't want to say struggle with because I'm not struggling. I'm just getting better. (laughs) For sure. Um, (laughs) is pretty much the whole um like the personality that people see on the podcast like when they see me that's kind of something what they expect and it's kind 
And it's kind of like, I mean, you will get that personality because I'm not pretending to be somebody else. But you also have to remember that that as soon as like the five, four, three, two, one and I do my intro starts, it's like a whole different person. I turn into, you know, the podcaster. I turn into the entertainer. I turn right. into the, the comedian, you know, like I turn into, you know, who right. who I turn into my Sasha Fierce, if you will. <laughs> yes. Beyonce Giselle. Yes. So, <laughs> so yeah, so I can definitely, um, like, feel, I feel that, like, that people always, like, you have to be constantly on and with all this energy. And it's like, you guys have to also remember that we go through our own things and we also have our own lives that sometimes we share with, like, our audience, but sometimes we don't because sometimes it's very personal. But, yeah, that whole on thing is, yeah. Do you do you find yourself in that position when you're around your friends or family where you're kind of extroverted or people know you to be extroverted yeah but when you are in capacity with people when you don't feel it the same way you're not feeling up to doing that episode or the same way you're not up to being recorded people you know they are accustomed to you being lively or whatever yeah. <laughs> and on those days when you're just like girl get out of my face like, yeah alone. they take it very personal yeah that's actually something that's recently happened um because my family we've been doing zoom calls they're all in california right now well that's where they're they are um and it i'm not feeling good i'm campy i'm like i want to be in bed but i also want to be in the group chat but then like they're just ranting about some bullshit (laughs) like i have something to say about everything somebody's saying I'm not being my best self. Yeah. So then, like, at one point, I just ended up telling them, like, hey, guys, like, I'm going to leave. And, like, literally, like, a couple minutes later, like, my dad told me that they, like, ended the call. They're like, oh, the party's over. It's like, you're like, oh, I missed it. (laughs) Don't depend on me. Like, don't (laughs) depend on me to be the party. Right, right, right. Yeah. You're not with it? You're like, no. Like, no, not today. (laughs) But, um, well, I'm glad that you're still, you know, keeping in touch with your family because th- those little things matter. They, This is really changing everything about the way that we interact with others, our family. Um, I had to go see my mom because clearly if I don't communicate with her in like 48 hours, she put an APB out on me. <laughs> so I got to call my mama. I got to see her. And even when I saw her, I couldn't hug her. And I was just like, I miss my mommy. <laughs> It was one of those times where I was like, oh, we can't even touch people. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's decent. And those things affect us. It, it affects our creativity. So for those that are listening that are also creators, these are two women blatantly, honestly, <laughs> saying it in transparency that this shit is raggy. And <laughs> there are days when you're not going to be into it. And there are days where we're amazing and you have an amazing episode. But I do think that on those days, that's why I decided to share that. um, It's because sometimes it's not about you. And sometimes you have to get past that point where it's like, but me and me, it's only me. You have to get past it because I'm like, okay, well, this transparency may do something for this other person that's in like Pittsburgh for whatever reason. Um, and it may change their day or change the way they think about something or maybe they feel less alone. So I encourage people to share those lows just as much as you share those highs. And also, mm-hmm. people, stop sharing all your pictures from when outside was open. Listen, we know y'all just want to be fine. And that's fine. Oh, when outside opens. <laughs> okay. I'm not going nowhere. I'm going to wait till the first couple batches. Era. <laughs> Era. We- like I'm good. Like I love to go out and dance. That's something. Um, that's something that I love. I love to dance. Like that's one of my favorite things to do. Oh, and I'm fine with just like doing it in my room. I can do it as like a workout. Like yeah. I want to go to the streets, but I can wait. So <laughs> knowing that I have been in the club since like 16, 17, and currently in my mid 30s, it's like I can wait. Yeah, it can all wait. Been it there, did it many times, and you too. You too can wait. <laughs> you um, too can wait. <laughs> so, since you brought up Insecure, and I'm so glad because I have so many opinions about this show, and I had to too. check myself. <laughs> and I'm like, bitch, this isn't even real. You have to calm down <laughs> and relax. But um, what do you make 
of Molly's and Issa's friendship at this point? At this point, the most recent episode? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, first of all, it was Issa's parking spot. For sh- stop. <laughs> okay, stop. Let's stop everything right now. Her ass was already back she, into the space. She was the, the she was the halfway of the other car about to get in. Like, no, Molly's tripping. Um, something that I do notice about Molly that because okay, we always knew that something that because they were always catty with each other. Like there was always like a light shade between them, mm-hmm. but now it's getting it's getting bigger because number one, Issa has this great project that she's working on, and then Molly, who's been used to having everything except a man, has a man. So they're both going through that like kind of transition in life to where it's just like, listen, this is my priority, my you know my block party and getting the mm-hmm. artist and this this and that. That's my priority. And then for, you know, Molly, what we're seeing is just, you know, she's putting this dude as her priority, which in the end, like, you can't blame her because she's been so, like, into, like, being the lawyer, being the best, you know, daughter, even though she's not, as we've seen, you know, she's going through, she went through what she went through with her dad mm-hmm. and then even with her brothers and, like, her being all up in, you know, that and having so much opinion about that without, like, really recognizing what she was going through. Um, but there's just a lot of miscommunication, you know, they're communicating with everybody but each other. And that's what breaks a lot of relationships. I mean, I for sure know that that's how they, that's how, like, what they're doing is like, it's like, it's just, we're just just preying on our, on their downfall. Like, that's what we're waiting for, which we saw the first episode. So it's really interesting because somebody tweeted, I wish I could find the exact tweet, but that parking scene sums up Issa and Molly's relationship in like that one scene. It sums it up. It's like Issa's more willing to give in yeah. to Molly, who has kind of a more domineering, I'm the boss, I'm a boss-ass bitch. I'm a boss-ass bitch. Anyway. <laughs> Glad you remember. Um, but that's how Molly is, and she's the friend that has it all together. And I feel like sometimes there are friendships where there's someone that has it all together and then the other person who's always trying to get it together. And sometimes when they kind of cross, when maybe the person that seems to have it all together is like falling to pieces and the person that's supposed to be, um, you know, a little the delayed like behind. Little shaky, yeah. Right. Kind of thriving. Correct. Yeah. And, and it seems like an imbalance of friendship that they've built on for so long. Like, you're the fuck up and I'm the one that keeps it together. Yeah. And I think that when Molly saw that Issa had, like you said, this passion, this project that has her undivided attention. She's hanging out with her ex's girl. Like that's just so to get it done. Yeah, just to get it together. Like that speaks so much volume as to how much she cares about this. And Correct. Molly doesn't see that. Molly's just like, no, like you're bugging. This bothers you. And it's like, I mean, yeah, it bugs me, but I'm still like dug it out. <laughs> why are you trying to make it bother me more than it is? And that's another thing. It's like, why are you trying to make me be upset about this than I I am right now? Why can't you accept that this is where I am? So exactly. Molly is doing the shady thing and, oh, girl, you know, you're a mess. And, you know, just reiterating to her basically what Issa's place is, you For know? Sure. And so Issa, just like how she would do because she's so passive aggressive, it angers my soul. <laughs> I can be aggressively passive, but I am never passive aggressive. You always know what I mean and where I stand. Like, yeah. I'm a very thorough person. Yeah. But for Issa, just, oh, I'll just find another. I said, see, that's the problem right yeah. there. Because you're confirming that she's the friend that is the boss. She's in charge. Like, she's, you know. Yeah, and, Molly even looked at her like, what are you still trying to do trying to get into this spot? Right. She's like, mine. <laughs> it's like, move. no, it's not. <laughs> it was like, well, damn. Um, if you can't go to Bella No Change, anyway. <laughs> that's sad. <laughs> just sad. Because <laughs> it's upsetting me and my homegirl. My homegirl. <laughs> Have you seen the one that Sweetie did? I did. She's good. She, she did so know. good. I loved it. If, if Hollywood reopens, if there ever will be a thing, let me tell you, 
I'm all off topic, but I don't care because we just talking. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I do wonder where Hollywood is kind of going to go from here. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, how does that even, like, that's, it requires the, just the crew. Do you like 50 people, 60 people? How, how does everybody like continue on with the music industry without, like, I think about this stuff and then people are doing their best right now. They're doing the verses. By the time this airs, the verses would have passed with Jill Scott and, um, my auntie Erica Badu, <laughs> which I will be there. I will be there too. You gonna catch me in the comments. <laughs> and listen, I, that's one of the things that I actually do enjoy. Like I hate social media. It don't seem like it, but I do. But I'm the same way. I'm the like, love hate. Yeah, no, it's like the best thing ever, but like and I the need one day away from it too. <laughs> Definitely the worst and the best. Yeah. Um <laughs> but even those things that we're like enjoying and things like that, it's like there's still so much going on and I kind of wanted to just talk about these things with you because it seems that like, okay, it's like for me with the recent murders of two black gentlemen, Ahmad Arbery and Sean Reed, um, who were basically hunted down and killed in both cases in close proximity. I would say close proximity because actually the Ahmad Arbery thing won't say thing, but his uh, hunting and murder happened February 23rd. And of course, the uh, father and son, the white supremacists, um, they were arrested May 7th, almost three months later. Um, and it raises so many more questions for me because for me, it's beyond, I run with a, a mod. Like for me, it's beyond that. It's beyond the hashtags. It's like, why are we not concerned that when the police showed up on on February 23rd, their word was enough, and then it disappeared until someone dropped the video. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen the video in its entirety. It's pretty graphic. I haven't seen it in its entirety, but I've heard of what is in the video. It's very difficult to watch. Um, it's very traumatizing. And so just for us to recently um, find out about Sean Reed, who was actually on a live as he was running and he was saying, send help or whatever. And so it recorded the entire, his entire death, basically, and afterwards. And you could hear a cop saying, it's going to be a closed, cap a closed casket, homie. And I'm like, this is what you're saying after you shot this man. Like, I don't know how many times over his bleeding body, they have smart, you know, smart remarks and just, it's insane how inhumane they can be when it's a black body because they assume that, I guess they don't belong to anybody. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about it and kind of open the, the form, I guess. Um, and the guys, of course, if you do have any opinions, hit me up. I am Queen T. Hit up the Adulting I Hate It Here pod, which is Adulting I H I H pod on Twitter because they're haters because they have character limits. So <laughs> hit us up. Let me know your opinions. But I wanted to open up and talk to you about that, Claudia. And what are your thoughts right now? Like, where are you with both situations? Well, for me, the whole the that I run with the mod thing. Um, I'm willing to do anything but run for like this cause at this point. Cause I mean, I've seen people who, um, who did the run and listen, if that's what makes you happy and you feel like you did your part, who am I to judge that? You know what I mean? Okay. Um, but I mean, everybody on Twitter does it. <laughs> everybody on Twitter judges other people. Um, but I can't be like those people. <laughs> Um, but pretty much for me, uh, just seeing that and, um, like how we were talking about earlier is like, you know, like I, ha I know a lot of beautiful black Kings. So I think of like somebody that I know that, that could have been, and it just it angers me because I don't want to lose any of the men that I know, you right. know? And also, cause like how you said, it's inhumane. Like these people literally 
like hunted down this man who was just running in his neighborhood and then nobody finds out about it until February, May, like that's a long time. That's a very long time for somebody to just be running free after having murdered somebody and like the way that they murdered them. Like it wasn't like an accident. He wasn't trespassing. Like he was hunted down. Like he was an animal. Like why are humans being treated like animals? You know what I mean? It's so many layers. Like for me, again, like I'm very um, over analytical. So I, I love facts. (laughs) I love to, read to understand and to not just form opinions about things that I don't really know. Yeah. So I'm constantly just doing my Googles, doing my due diligence (laughs) and, and make sure that I know enough about the topic before I say anything. Um, Because I do get frustrated when people do that. I'm like, you don't need, you didn't even open the article. You just ran with the headline. And that's why we're in the place that we are. We don't, really want to educate ourselves in that way so you know i read a couple articles and just to okay so the video that we see um one let me say that i don't understand the need to consistently share such a traumatic video so this episode is called black trauma on repeat because it's like how many times does this have to let's that's not corona it's (laughs) I'm good. Okay. <laughs> um, sorry. Thank you. But how many times does this story have to play out in order for us to change our response to what's happening? So I read the article and basically two people in the neighborhood called the police, called dispatch and like, yeah, there's a black guy running. And the dispatch operator asked like, okay, well, what is he doing wrong? He's running. And I was like, so blown away by that small part of the article because I'm like you see anything that black people are doing as a threat and I don't know I have a talent where I can just relate anything back to slavery but um in this case have you seen black as fuck you know I have (laughs) I was living okay because that's me without money because poor (laughs) but I haven't watched the last episode but I've seen it I've seen it definitely (laughs) But everything can, you know, you think about, um, you, we watch these movies that show slaves or show them trying to escape and them being gunned down because they would rather them dead than for them to run away from them. And a lot of times in cases where it's police or white people feel like they are a sense of authority for whatever reason, like God left them in charge. Like these protesters. You see, you see how they're interacting with the police and the police are interacting with them. So we like are normal, like normal. And that just drives me insane. You have other officers pulling their hands back, like, don't do anything. Yeah, let's just be peaceful. And I'm like, we had to go through with the hypotheticals, but the reality is they would never allow it if it was black people because we've seen it. We've yeah. seen them put holes in dogs and tear gas and anything that will disperse a black crowd because they don't like black people congregating. But in this case, they don't like black people running away from them like they're going to get away. And it's like he wasn't even a police officer. He's an ex-police officer and his uh, doofy ass son, who definitely looks a little strange. It looked very incestuous. His they, look, they just look strange. They look like there's Wait, been a lot of incest. In can that I family. say this on here? For sure. Why people scare me? Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, I don't. It, Why, though? Um, one of them is that, is they feel like they have authority to treat people however they want. Um, as a Latina woman, something that I've experienced, I was born here, um, by the way, and they're always like, why don't you go back to your country or why don't you, and it's mainly white people who have said that to me in my life, or why don't you speak English? And I'm like, um, I'm talking to a customer who's talking in Spanish who doesn't know English. Like I'm by, bi- you know, I'm bilingual. I can help this person. So why are you even being like this with me? And then I see how they are with, you know, like how I said, like my friends, I see how they are with just other black people and mm-hmm. just how they feel so empowered on certain levels. Like, why do you feel like that you can do what, like go to the park that's closed like, why do you feel that you can do that? Why do you feel like you can protest in front of, like, some, like, a, in front of, like, a big area when we're all supposed to be social distancing? Like, because there's just so much can. privilege. Yeah, it's like, there's so much <laughs> privilege. And it's just like, uh, 
you reek of privilege. I don't like you. Um, but that's just, that's that's something for me that I feel. And then something that I wanted to point out. I don't know if you saw um, about Shannon Brown. What recently um, happened to him? He's a basketball no. player. He's Monica's ex-husband. Oh, Chris Brown's cousin. His doctor. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, him. Um, I read that he um he's he was selling his house. And so a couple passed by and they thought that since he had the for sale sign outside that they can go inside the house. They said, ma'am, ma'am, the story. They just go in. Oh, yeah. They just go in. They go in. They say that somebody said that they can go in. And then here comes Shannon. And then he has his gun because he's in his home. And there's two people walking into his home. And he shoots his gun like five, six times. And then he's in jail. He got arrested for that. And this happened like two days ago in his home. So that goes to show you that no amount of money, no amount of status. It, exactly. It don't matter. And it, and you can still experience it. And that is the scary part yeah. about white supremacy and this, just this um, overall feeling of superiority that you get to hunt down somebody that's jogging, corner them. And he's literally fighting for his life until he's shot multiple times and stumbled to the ground. And I want people to also consider that while you're sharing this video of such a heinous crime, that one, his mother in the article, she said something that broke my heart. She said to watch your child come in and basically have a video of them leaving is something you can't even imagine. And it was just so heartbreaking that her... People love him. People know him. There's people that he shared his life with up until, I think he was 25 years old. Um, and he jogged all the time. And it's like, they're even saying that he would wave to neighbors and things like that. But for that dispatch phone call, and they asked, what did he do wrong? And she said, running. And I'm like, how your perception of Black people have to be so warped that seeing us do something so basic like jog is threatening. And so we have yet another story. And I'm like, how many times have we heard this? Oh, we had some break-ins in our neighborhood and he fit the description. It's like, did he fit the description or he was black and everybody black is inherently bad? Can't fit. Yeah, can't fit the description, of course, because they believe that, like, you all look the same. And it's like, no. And it's just, it's, it's, mm, it's very difficult when you have been oppressed by a group of people and then released to live your life amongst these people and knowing that it's not an even playing field. So I'm like, we have to kind of unpack this more and say that one, that video was uploaded to a local radio stations website and just to expose it, but they won't share whose video that was. And I'm like, yeah, because they also took part in this murder. How else would they have video footage? Very yeah, much that's, behind. that's something to me that's very weird. Like, how do you... Like, how are they not in trouble? Are they, like, content creating murders or something? Like, what... Like, how that are they has... also not equally as culpable in this situation as the people that... Because you participated in that person's murder. Basically, you filmed it and then you did nothing. Now... That's one thing that the video came from somebody that was a part of this. Secondly, um, just for their word to be sufficient enough to no longer investigate it, leave the case alone. Because he was an ex-cop, he basically called his old co-workers. Hey, yeah. got the situation, but it's justified because I'm defending myself. Because there we had robberies in the area and he was fighting us with the gun. And of course, they're going to take that version of the story. And, and it's just so disheartening that so much time had to go by before we could see any ramifications. So I wanted to ask you, do you feel like because they've already been arrested, do you feel like being arrested is justice? Um, no. And yes, yes, because obviously they're not in the streets anymore and they're not going to be doing the same if they haven't already done it again since then, because they got away with it the first time, we don't know that. But also at the same time, there have been people who get arrested and get out. Hmm, for sure. Know? 
with nothing but like a little slap on the wrist, you know, and um, which is sad because if it were the other way around, it wouldn't be that way. Like, and we saw that with like the, that's why I brought the Shannon Brown story into this because Mm -hmm. that's something that's very recent that's going on. And that's something that like, I'm reading it and I'm like livid. I'm like, what is, what is going on? Like we arrested these guys yesterday. And then now like I'm reading what is what the story that's being told about this recent arrest. And this happened like two days ago. And these men have been able to live free since February. Listen, they're in Target with us. They're shopping, getting their essentials. They're able to live their lives like nothing even happened. And that is really the core of the problem for me. I feel like the police department uh, needs to be investigated. How were you able to justify without, okay, the other version of that story is dead because they killed him. Yeah. That's the only other version of that story. And And if that's surrounded by neighbors who were also calling police, because he was jogging and and it just for me we've seen this play out so many times and that's the thing about the trauma on repeat is like i'm seeing people say that they're kind of desensitized to it um or they can't believe this is happening there's all these emotions when these things happen and sometimes i feel like okay well we've seen this play out so many times that you can almost read out this whole story based on everything that's happened before. I mean, we've seen Zimmerman be arrested and it not mean anything. anything. He's a free man. You can he see got him out in public. Only to be fucking worse. He's worse. Now, he was yeah. selling items, uh, talking about Trayvon, and, just, and it's it. the <laughs> justice system perpetuates and they protect these people. And so we're watching it in in real time of the things that they will do and the lengths that they will go yeah. um, to protect white, to protect yeah. blue. And we're learning that it never was about blue lives mattering. It was never about that because we're watching the very people that voted for Trump be in their face yelling about open up, open up or yeah. else with mm-hmm. guns like they're going to shoot Corona. Yeah, that's not how it works. (laughs) Just like it's not how any of this works, but that's what they're doing. And they're allowed to. There is no opposition pushing against them. They're getting their way. So as soon as Georgia opened, there was immediate police brutality. Immediately. And I'm like, what does that even say? Yeah. So for me, I just. I don't feel like um, being arrested is justice in any way. They're slightly inconvenienced for a brief time. Yeah. And then we watch the judicial system play out the way that we've always seen it play out. Yeah, exactly. Um, The thing is, is that with them is that they're going to even be treated better in jail. Like having done what they did, um, they're they're probably even going to like be able to get like security with them. And like, you know, Mm -hmm. like all of these different things that, you know, that the privileged get, right? You know, they're all, and then now this is almost like a national case. So now they're like celebrities, which is insane because their face is everywhere. Um, something that I, I always see and, and it pisses me off is like when I see like a, a hip hop movie or when I see, um, or just like old school movies that mm-hmm. literally have the same scenario of what we're going through right now, like mm-hmm. happening in like the fifties and the sixties. And it's just like, yo, like, what the hell did our, like, the ancestors of this country, like, work so hard for and protest and, you know, make it um, for equal rights in schools that, you know, black and white kids can go to the same schools without integration and all these things. Like, where, like, what was all of that for? You know, only for us to be where we are now. Where yeah. We think that we're free. Yeah. We think-, think that you're free and think that we can go, you can go ahead and, like, do what you want and feel free. I know in, in Miami, it's a little different. Um, than maybe some other cities, but I do know that either way, like, it's still something that happens here in Miami. You know what I mean? I've never personally had a friend that has had gone through, go go through things because thankfully I have friends that um, know how to handle themselves, I guess, in those situations. Unfortunately, there's some men that don't, but it's just, it's just very disheartening that this is still something that's going on that is just like, 
it just continues. And like how you said, like you can blame it on slavery because the reason why these people feel like they are privileged is because at one point, like we used to own you. And it's like, but right. And it's like that emotion didn't like what happened to it? What happened to that appetite to own black people, to control them? It didn't just disappear because the government said you have to let them go. That was so ingrained into who they are that they have that sense of superiority and or feeling mm-hmm. of superiority and they have yeah. the backing of the government to confirm that superiority and something small like I was talking to my uh, nephew and he's eight and I said <laughs> what color is Jesus and he said white duh I said <laughs> you don't think he looks like you and he was like no he's white and I was like I looked at my brother I'm like you're trying to tell me that doesn't mean anything (laughs) that he automatically assumes that it doesn't look like him and I was I was expressing before that a lot of times we feel like as far as black people there's only a few times that we like change up or code switch so when white people are around when we're at work (laughs) Um, you know, certain environments, you kind of got to, you know, straighten up a little bit. And it's just unfortunate because other people don't do that for you. The only time that they do it for you is when they go, what's up, my sister? What's this patronizing? You know? yeah. When they feel like they have to come down to your hood level or your black level. And but we feel like in order to get to their level, we have to speak better, yeah, look proper, better, dress like- better. I'm like, why do you think better equals what they do? Mm-hmm. So. There are so many uh, elements. And so, like, I get frustrated with, like, the hashtags, like I said before, because, okay, so I feel like two ways. I feel like, one, I can't really tell people, like you said, how to feel and how to act out these feelings of rage and anger about what's going on. So I I have no place in that because, one, I'm not going to do it. Let's just start there. I'm not going to do it. But I said, who am I to say for you to not do that or that what you're doing is irrelevant or whatever the case is? But I did want to ask you, um, do you see public protests to like black unarmed men being killed? Do you see it as something that's effective? Effective as far as what, like the protesting, like people actually protesting or do you think like... Do you feel like it actually has, um, I don't know, a solution in doing it? You know, that's... Or does it affect the cause? Does it make the cause bigger? Does it do anything to... You mean, like, the whole, the the different, like, the Black Lives Matter, the different, like, protests that correct, people have correct. and when, things When things like happen, when, when the killing of Trayvon, everybody put on their hoodies and they yeah. got skittles. Okay, so that's what you're relating to. Okay, right. perfect. Um, I read the tweet that you said, and it was very well put, because in a lot of the things that you were saying, I was just like, damn, you know, they did do that. They did do this. They did do that. For me, I feel, I never feel like those things are effective, because they wouldn't be happening still if they were effective. The only thing that a lot of these things do is bring a lot more awareness to it to the point that every single time one happens, we talk about it. And then it's like how you said, it's black trauma Mm -hmm. on repeat. So we're constantly seeing it. We're consistently seeing it. We're seeing. So then now, you know, there's a protest going on and people are trying to like come together, but nobody really knows what to do because it continues to keep happening anyway. So I feel like for me, like I always want to, like I ask myself this very often. I'm like, what can I do to help this? Okay, so I signed a petition, but like, I don't even feel like that's enough. Like, you know, like what else is there that you, that we as humans can do to, you know, make this stop? Like, I'm, I'm not going to go somewhere to protest. Like, that me and crowds i'm four eleven and a half <laughs> i'm i'm good i'm very good but if there was something else that i can do i'm more than willing to do it um i, I feel like now instead of like the protesting i think it's more like we need to do more action you know people are so quick to tweet and hashtag something but they're not quick to maybe reach out to 
you know, somebody who can actually make the change or to even donate to somebody who can make the change because a lot of this stuff, unfortunately, costs money. And sometimes we don't got it, you know, and we're on, t- on top of that, we're in a pandemic. So it's people like- People have lost their jobs. They're yeah, not in people position. have lost their jobs. Like, and then we're starting to get to a point where like, um, it is more unemployment than the Great Depression. So uh, if we already thought that things were already shaky, like things are just going to get worse because, and then I hate to say this, but the cycle is just going to keep repeating itself because people are going to feel more unsafe in any situation like people are shooting at people for not wearing masks and shit like i heard it on a podcast that i listened to that 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 someone happened. died someone died like, a mother son and a father killed the yeah the, guard. The, by the security guard right because they were saying yeah, they, like they can't come in without a mask and i don't know what happened or how it escalated but it led to the death of someone it's just when you think about these things like i totally get that when traumatic things happen um just as a human when traumatic things happen especially we can we have video footage of it we can see um a person literally losing their lives i don't see how people don't understand how that affects you mentally and not only that i understand the feeling of helplessness and that's what a lot of us feel it's like yeah i'm frustrated and i'm angry and i have all these feelings and i and it doesn't matter how much i tweet about it it doesn't matter how much i talk about it because it still happens whether I say something or not, whether I do something or not. But you do have those people that's like, okay, well, I'm going to protest anyway. More power yeah. to you. Boom. But I'm not going to do it because I feel like a lot of times with this, like with that tweet that I posted. And basically I was saying that, you know, which e- with each murder that occurred between Trayvon and Mike Brown and Eric Garner and um, recently Ahmaud Arbery, unfortunately... We kind of find ways to make it a niche thing and I can't breathe shirt and hands up, don't shoot. And we wore hoodies and we went out and made Skittles richer and they didn't contribute any money to help, to help his family or anything. Arizona teas, you spent your hard earned money and you went to basically memorialize him in these items that had nothing to do with actually why would you want to grasp to the last things that they had mm. before they died? Before that man was hunted down, he was just jogging, enjoying his day. And oh, that was his last playlist. I don't understand the rationale of like, well, I'm going to, I run with them on. And it's like, no, you don't because you weren't hunted down that way. And I just get frustrated that we're, we're so quick to find a catchy hashtag and we're so quick to kind of be brand ambassadors for these murders. And we, it, it doesn't do anything. Um, and we say it speaks about awareness. What other awareness do you need? There's been centuries of this same problem. This awareness that you're talking about, like I was watching this clip of James Baldwin and he was like, it took up my grandparents' years. It took up my siblings, my uncle's years. It's taking up my time. How much more time do you need for your progress? Like how much when people say, you know, oh, it's going to get better. And I'm like, when? Like, I hate to be negative that way, but like, I'm be honest with y'all. Like, I have no hope for the progression of this because we're asking people to see us as human and they're refusing. That's something so basic that I don't understand how that's even. You're like, how can you not comprehend that we literally have, we each have a nose, we have eyes, we we are literally... We have mamas, we have feelings, we have a life that you don't get to arbitrarily take because you decide that you're in danger. That just, I just, I've been so frustrated with it because I have to like step away from it because like for me, I get very touchy about race. I get very touchy about those things because... I get frustrated with my people sometimes. Yeah. I said, we all need to step back. We just found out about this, even though it happened in February. And you're already ready to make a T-shirt. And it's like, it's not important to immortalize him right now. What's important is to figure out how the police were able to let that go. They went home and enjoyed their day. 
They were in the stores in Walmart with us trying to get necessities, like I said. They've been able to live a normal life with no stress until somebody, for whatever reason, guilt, decided to give this information away. And it's like we're in a very dark place when we don't even know what to grasp towards when these things happen. And so that's a little scary for me. I mean, yeah, I feel, um, I wanted to ask you as a black Mm -hmm. woman, like, what is it that you tell, like, even like your partner or even like your eight year old nephew, Mm -hmm. like, do you like in somehow, some way guide them to like, like through this trauma or talk to them about it or anything like that? Well, see, I don't have any children of my own, so I don't like to talk about things like that because that may be a way, like, the way I will tell them will be um, in the realest way possible. Yeah. Because I feel like kids deserve that. Yeah. Um, But I also have to be sensitive to the fact that their parents may not want me to interject. But, like, for my oldest nephew, who's 15, and he's like a giant to me now, um... But I explained things to him and I explained to him that because you're tall, because you're brown skin, if something were to happen and you weren't around adults, if police get involved, you will be the aggressor. You will go to jail or you may not make it home. I need you to understand that it doesn't make sense. But based on the way that you look, and I know it's stupid, but based on the way that you look, they will assume you are doing something bad, even if you're not. I'm like, do you understand? And I kept making sure. And I asked him, okay, well, what did I mean? So he can reiterate it to make sure I know he understood what I meant. Yeah. That to the world, to me, you're my little baby. He's like five nine, five ten now. Yeah, and but the world I'm, doesn't see him that they're way. They're not going to see my little baby, they're going to see an aggressor, someone that's yeah. inherently bad. And I want you to understand that perception as you're growing up. And I don't know the conversation my sister may or may not have had with him about that, but I wanted to make it very clear because I love him and I don't want my nephew to be a hashtag yeah. um, because he didn't, he didn't understand that they don't see him as a human. Yeah, They don't see him as somebody's son or nephew or grandchild, brother. They don't see him like that. So um, when they get a little bit older in their teenage years, I do the auntie thing and I talk to them with my <laughs> glass of wine. Like, so like that. Shout out to Tabitha Brown. Because <laughs> um, uh, that's your business. Um, but I try to communicate that when they get to a certain age. Eight is way too young. Um, He still really loves Mario Brothers. So I don't really want to interrupt that with racism right now. But um, yeah, I mean, that's really kind of how I deal with it. And for any other young person that's open to me just sharing things with them, I definitely um, will. And I ask them questions about how they're perceiving their reality. I'm like, yeah, you see your teachers show favoritism over people that look different than you or I ask those small questions just to see what range yeah. they may be at, because sometimes they notice. Sometimes they go, well, I'm really, really dark skinned. You're like, who is telling you that? You yeah. Know? Who's t- <laughs> yeah. Somebody's telling you that you're the ugly or bad one because you're oh. dark, you know? Yeah. And so those little things happen to kids immediately when they start going to school because other kids don't know better. Yeah. But um, I feel like when they get to teenage years, I feel like we all, especially all of my adultees out there, <laughs> you find you a little teenager that's you that's going through it, um, black minority, take a little time and explain to them, not just indoctrinate them with your hate, like I probably <laughs> because I have a very strong disdain for yeah, I mean, so I have I have younger cousins in California and they're in a neighborhood that's not the best. So mm-hmm. I tell them all the time, I'm like, you have to be smart, like, you know, especially because you're in this neighborhood, you're just the way that you're dressed, like they're going to come. They're going to approach you very differently. So you have to be aware and not get in fucking trouble, <laughs> like be smart. And that's another thing. Like, you know, like, and, and sometimes kids, they don't listen to that. Um, But something that I, I wanted to share was um 
in Taraji P. Henson's um, biography, mm-hmm. she spoke on how she had to have that conversation with her son at a very young age because he was going through it at his school because he was the only black kid in school. And it was like an all white, like, because she got him into like a really nice school when they moved to L.A., so, um, so yeah, she had to have that conversation very, very early on with him. I can't remember specifically why, but you mentioning your nephew and me just thinking of like the age. And I remember it being a very young age that she had to have that conversation with him. Yeah. And I'm listening to, cause I, it was an audio book and I'm listening to it. And like, you can just hear the pain of like a mother, like really having to tell her son, like, you know, you are a target. And that's something that, um, it's it's scary to me because I don't want anybody to be a target. You know, I don't want my peers to be targets. I don't want um, the people, the podcast that I listen to, you know, that targets like I don't want that. And something that uh, I never I didn't notice until my homegirl told me. Mm-hmm. And maybe because I was the maybe because I was oblivious or maybe because, no, I didn't believe that they would be that way at my old job. Mm-hmm. She would tell me. She'll be like, no, I don't think that they like black people. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, no, like, but then I start like doing the math. I'm like, she's the only black girl in the office. She, she gets a lot of work. She, they're always like on her case about something. They're like so many different things kept happening. And she would tell me, she's like, no, it's cause I'm black. And then I'll be like, what that? Like, I would be so mad. I'll be so furious that it started making me not like the place because, like, the proof was right there. Literally, the proof was right there. Every single time she would tell me, and she'd be like, no, because da 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 da. And I'll be like, dang, they don't know. You see, that's the thing, right? Because, like, well, now that I have, like, a Latina on the (laughs) show, because I do want to talk about it because I do feel. And this isn't any disrespect to you or your culture or anything like that. But it's like a lot of times when black people's trauma is lumped with POC or people of color. And I'm like, it's difficult because it's not the same. It's not. We have we were forced to be here. A lot of people who have migrated here for better reasons, better education, better life. It was intentional. Yeah. So um, just for the storyline to even be different. And so in a case like this, so when you say people of color are dealing with this, and it's like, yeah, but you have your case where you were kind of even blinded yeah. to it because it wasn't happening to you. So a mm-hmm. lot of it is um, that I get frustrated with, with the Latinx community is the cognitive dissonance, like knowing that it's happening, but like it's not happening to me. And I'm like, that's kind of the same thing that how white people feel. Yeah. It's like, I don't see it. So what are you talking about? Like, yeah. You know, even though once, she, because she was your friend. Yeah. Because you care about this person, you were able to take a step back and go, okay, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah no. This, it, this, this, carry the one and remainder. Yeah. They're the, trying because you're black. Like in pawpaws. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying because you're black. And so no, you're able to witness it. Yeah, I was able to witness it firsthand and because we shared an office. Mm-hmm. And you know what was insane is that I was being, it, it got to the point that, like, they noticed that her and I were super close. We shared an office, so and we were super close. Like, that, like we don't even work together, and we text, like, all the time. Like, that's my, <laughs> that's my girl right there. So, but something that I would notice is that, like, for, like, Martin Luther King weekend, my boss asked me if I went to the parade, and I'm like, Why'd you ask me that? <laughs> like, you know, and then so, she, microaggressions. Yeah, she goes, oh, because you're friends with the only black person, like, you know, in the office. And I'm like, of course, <laughs> of course, you know, little microaggressions yeah. that black people experience. And then what happens and what makes black people so frustrated is that when we share that we're having an experience, they go, they tell us, no, no, we're not. Yeah, and we're like, know. yeah, but I'm literally experiencing it every day. And they're going, what are you talking about? I don't see it. It's not happening. And so yeah. that little delusion or trying to make us feel as if these things, these Almost like you're crazy. Yes. They're like, really you're not crazy. <laughs> that we're crazy. And what we are physically, emotionally, financially, and every economically, we are feeling their foot on our necks and they're going 
what are you talking about? There was a black president one time and it'll never happen again. And there's Beyonce and there's, you know, they named a handful of successful black people. And I'm like, that doesn't mean progress. That's not an example of progress. We've had black entertainers since like the 60s. So if you're going to tell me that that's something that's supposed to be a progression, like that's been going on, like, and then you you guys stole all of their music too. So what are we really talking about? There was one person that said they love our rhythm, but they don't want our blues. Mm. It's like, yeah, they love the dance and they love how talented they love how how far we can throw a ball. They love how we can shoot the ball. They love that we can be a part of entertainment. But the moment we start thinking for ourselves, we're a problem. We're yeah. targeted, you know, historically, the Malcolm X's, the Martin Luther King, all those people were murdered for the same reason. Yep. Um, so when it comes down and you look that it's 2020 and we are still on this cycle on repeat it's like 50 plus years almost and we can't get off we can't get off and it doesn't matter how successful clearly look at shannon brown so it doesn't matter about your status the police that arrived there know who you are yeah still arrested you Mm -hmm. and some of them they have a chip on their shoulder that's like i don't care that you're a celebrity you're still going to jail (laughs) it's like yeah what are you trying to prove that you have authority that's another thing that, especially me being someone that loves hip hop so much, is um, seeing a lot of our artists go down and almost even be targeted because they are rappers and are driving the nice car and have the jewelry and Thank have the you, private jets. Exactly. So there's just so like what like that that to me because that is what brings me into. Um, I guess like wanting to be more aware of what's happening in the hip hop industry. Cause I've always loved the music, but I, now it's like, okay, now I'm a part of it. Now I'm interviewing the artists. Now I'm, you know, even being like the voice of it. So I have to be more aware of what's happening. And when I'm seeing some of these rappers getting arrested, like, I don't know if you've seen the Meek Mill documentary on Amazon Prime, but it is so good to like, Really? Um, yes. And like how he had Rock Nation behind him and like how the whole process went. And like, it's literally from like the beginning, like it's a really good documentary. I gotta check it out. Yeah, no, no, no. It's really, really good. I I enjoyed it. I learned so much, especially about him. Cause like, you know, the rapper and like today he's actually like wilding out on the internet, but he has every right to be cause six on Beyonce internet. <laughs> on Beyonce, I say the same thing. That's how I know you beehive. <laughs> I stay on Beyonce's internet too, um, but just while in and but like even that like you you see like him and what he had to go through as a youth and like they would literally like he would just be riding his motorcycle or he would like want to go perform somewhere and boom he's in handcuffs and it's just like for him it was just like why are you guys so worried about what I'm doing I'm not doing anything hmm. wrong nobody they didn't arrest me they didn't do anything like you know you just want to make me a target because I'm rich I'm black and I make rap yeah and they're like it's easy to trick those people they it's could easy just get yeah because it's just like wait or, or the thing is is that uh, what uh the government also knows because at the end of the day they're the ones looking in charge of some of these things that are happening you know, they know that he has money and they know that if they take him in or if they take him, they can continue to, to take money from him. So yet again, another reason to take money from a black man right. is they don't already take it when they take him to jail because he's not making any money. But now when he's out of jail, having to fight all these court fees and all of these things and like. <sighs> exactly. It's, crazy. it's like once once um, the legal system gets their claws into a black person. It's almost a wrap. Yeah. Because having 10 years probation, strange things like that. That's crazy. It's excessive. But 95% of prosecutors are white. Yeah. 95% are white. That means so many of those people don't know, don't care about our stories, what led us to those places. They can't even... Express they don't even know the passion. trauma. Yeah, they don't even, they don't know. That's oh why represent, oop, is that your I, wine? I cannot explain verbally how clumsy I am. It really just, okay. the meat just 
move my laptop. <laughs> um, I'll clean it up in a second. My boyfriend is going to laugh. Um, anyway, <laughs> I drop everything. Like, you can't give me anything without a napkin or a paper towel or something because I'm going to waste it. I'm going to drop it because that's how I'm is. Um, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. But um, I'm glad to have been able to talk to you about this. Me too. Um, and this has been a great conversation. I hope you guys love it. Where can people find you again? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Claudia Renee with two E's, underscore, underscore. That's two underscores. And then on Twitter, you can find me at A-U-D-I underscore 3000. I have two names. <laughs> Listen, but... it happened. Because when my hair is red, I'm Lola. <laughs> I've been like 12 bitches this whole time. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so you guys can find me there. Those are my personal, um, pages. Um, and then the podcast is just ambition hour on Twitter and on Instagram. I just want to say thank you to UT. I just, I love your post, your, your Twitter. Like, I feel like I'm like me and her would definitely have a bomb ass conversation. I figured. Yeah. I was right. Cause I'd be right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was just like, and I almost feel like I can be very transparent with her on certain things. Cause I do. I do like to talk about these things, but then you just can't talk about these things with everybody, I feel. Yeah. Because, like, even, like, with, like, my Latin friends, they they wouldn't understand, like, the passion that you saw right now. Like, they would just be like, <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, no, but you don't get it. Like, uh, they're like, no, yeah. no, no, we get it. We get it. We just don't care <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's like, business, you know yeah so um but yeah i'm very grateful for that and i'm very grateful for you inviting me here shout oh, out to my so adults sweet. out there <laughs> yes my fellow adults because this is this is why i did want to bring this topic to the show because this is a part of adulting having these things happen traumatic events current events that happen and it causes so much frustration. It throws off your whole chi. <laughs> you know, it really does affect you emotionally and mentally. And it is safe to have these conversations in small pockets with people that you can communicate with and that you trust, or um, you just feel the need to share certain information with. You have an article, read it. Yeah. Share it then. Um, you know, do your part. And I know that we don't have a resolution to all of the crazy man there are like killer hornets out there right now if this is hell and jesus already came back and just left us i'm wondering if you could circle around and come pick us back up just circle back please come get us um but it's a lot. This but I do want to thank you though i want to thank you so much for coming yes adulting is ghetto and raggedy but we must do it because we don't have a choice. I can't go back. Um, we, we can't even. But I want to thank you for stopping. And also, guys, if you want to hit me up, I'm always on the Twitter machine at I am Queen T. I am Q-W-E-E-N-T-E-E. Same thing on Instagram. Don't be creepy because, like, the other day somebody went and, like, 15 pictures bike to bike. And I was like, what does that even mean? Girl, what am I supposed to do with that? I get some wild ass DMs and I just send it to NWO. Please, because those are my cousins in podcasts. I, I love, love them. That. I love that them, part of the program. I've sent them like two, I think, because I've gotten some weird. Because I'm single, so I don't know if it's the same. But like single women, like these fools do not care. Men will just assume I'm single and do it anyway because they don't <laughs> care. So being in a relationship don't save you, sis. So. Once again, thank you. And uh, of course, you guys can hit me up. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on the YouTube, on the Everywhere Podcasts are for the Ambition Hour, and of course, for the Adulting I Hate It Here pod, because nobody knows what the hell we're doing. (laughs) Remember, adulting is a verb. It is something you do. It is not who you are. Mm. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. 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 (laughs) I hate it.